You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am we can you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we have Mark Falconer joining us in the studio. Welcome, Mark. Oh, thank you, Jason. It's great to be here today. Good to have you back again. Now, Mark, uh, we're actually pre-recording this program. Uh, it's going to go to air on Monday, but we're doing this on Friday. That's okay. Everyone uh, will still get to hear the program, and it's the same program that we would have done on Monday anyway. So That's right. No one's missing out on anything. <laughs> Just want to assure them of that. But uh, if you, uh, you you've, got, you've got meetings and you're busy on Monday, so you're unable to attend in person in the studio, so we're doing it ahead of time. Um, today, Mark, we are going to be continuing the series. It's uh, called Encounters with Jesus, and you've been doing this, um, I guess, this slogan, is Jesus really serious about? What are we going to be talking about today? Today, we're going to be looking at, is Jesus really serious about growing the church? Okay. Uh, do you want to give us a, a brief, uh, vague overview of uh, what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, sure, sure. A lot of people feel that the church is declining over the decades, which is true. Uh, and, and in many ways, people look at the church and, well, we have to face it, it's received a lot of bad press, hasn't it, over over the years? And it's lost mm. a, lot, a lot of credibility and mm. a lot of people have lost faith. Certainly seen church. that in the recent census, haven't we, where uh, many people are no longer, um, you know, stating that they're Christians. And, and yeah. that's really sad. And it's mm. down to 44% now who mm. claim to be Christian, and it was 52%. Mm. Uh, one of the sad things about it was uh, just prior to the previous census, there was a whole campaign uh, on TV not to tick any mm. religion. Mm. So they wanted to reduce the number of who were claiming Christians. And mm. uh, there was a real campaign by atheists, agnostics, or humanists, as yeah. they make I think it's the themselves. first time, is it not, that uh, we've drip, dipped below 50%. That's correct. That's mm. the first time. Anyway, so uh, we are about growing the church, and uh, we're going to learn a bit more about uh, that today. So stay tuned, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, remember, we've got a show number. You can text us in uh, to get our free book offer. You can also share your thoughts with us. Our show number for Tassie Encounters is 488 880891. Write that down and uh, you can interact with us using that. So even though this is a pre-recorded program, you can still use that number, you can still text in and you can still claim the free book offer. So um, we've also got our Faith FM app and the Faith FM website. If you have trouble listening to this on air, maybe the reception's not real good, you can download the Faith FM app or you can go to faithfm.com.au and you can listen online to our live programs as well. So don't miss out uh, just because you might be in a bad signal area. Now, Mark, uh, I believe you've got a bit of a, a story to lead us in today. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. Um, look, in, in Initially, there was uh, on White Island back in the roundabout 2019, there were a whole lot of tourists who went to White Island and thought they would have a bit of a gander at a, one of the most uh, active volcanoes what? in New Zealand. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that. And there was uh, a, a, a ship, you know, like a cruise ship or something. Yeah, they were, you know, 47 tourists hopped yeah. off, 
had a bit of a look. Tragically, on December 9, uh, the eruption happened in the afternoon. Mm. And do you know that 22 people lost their lives, mm. 12 Australians? It's terrible. Yeah, it was, it was just uh, absolutely tragic. And, uh, you know, many people were asking the questions, why would you ever want to go to a place like that? You know, so but people are fascinated by volcanoes, mm. and I remember as a as a child hearing about the world's largest eruption uh, that ever happened. Uh, that Where they was know that? Of. Well, that was in a place called Krakatoa in Indonesia. Right. And uh, on August uh, 27, eighteen eighty three, there was this massive eruption that blew two thirds of the island apart, twenty one cl- cubic kilometers of wow. rock that blew in the air. And uh, the fascinating thing about that eruption was that with all the rock that blew up in the air, the tsunami that happened afterwards was phenomenal. 41 feet high. Wow. That, that hit the surrounding islands. This is in the, you know, right in the middle of Indonesia. There's an archipelago of islands, and, of course, people are lived near the sea and many would lost their lives over that time and do you know that there were tsunamis that were detected as far as way as South Africa South America hmm. the explosion was even heard in Perth Western Australia Wow! this was the largest explosion that they know of the loudest explosion that has ever been known to man at the time hmm. So I wonder how people heard about that. This is this is a little bit of a sidebar, but it's but it's, but it is fascinating. This was at a time when they had laid the undersea cables for the telegraph, and uh, there, there there was one author who who described this as the Victorian internet. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 so what they did was that they uh, got onto their telegraph and they went tap 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 big eruption in Indonesia and, uh, and and of course this went viral all around the world went all around the world this was the first viral event that went uh-huh. all around the world you know what it caused anxiety mm. people became afraid because you know this was in the right in the middle of the industrial revolution and during the industrial revolution Man became very confident. Yes, we can conquer the world. We can conquer nature. We got the technology. We can do it. Well, when they heard about the eruption, they maybe we can't conquer nature. Maybe, maybe we're not quite as strong as we thought. That's what they thought. Yeah. So, look, uh, many people lost their lives. Uh, oh, oh, something like 36,000 people, they estimate, that lost their lives. This was in, in that, Indonesia. Yeah, in wow. Krakatoa. Mm. Yeah. And uh, uh, for all the nerds like me, they actually spelt Krakatoa wrong. It wasn't actually Krakatoa, it was Krakatow. <laughs> <laughs> so it was AU on the end, rather, OA. They got it wrong when they got on the telegraph machine. But this was the first event in the world that went viral. Which is, which is fascinating. But the other fascinating thing about Krakatoa was, remember how much of the island that blew apart? About half the island, you said. Yeah, over half, almost mm. two-thirds of the island. Now, very active volcano. What happens with an active volcano? It decides to rebuild. Mm. And uh, so 
1927, there was a little bit of an island that began to appear, then it disappeared, it reappeared, it disappeared, and eventually the child of Krakatoa, as they called it, Anak Krakatoa, it rose up again and uh, the mountain actually became very quite high until uh, about 158 acres of the volcano slid into the ocean, killed 400 people through a tsunami in the in the surrounding islands. So it's still a very active volcano, but they call it Anak Krakatoa. Yeah, so if you're really into volcanoes, real dangerous stuff here. But do you know what happened with Krakatoa? In 1883, it wiped out the population on the island, obviously. The tsunamis got all the volcanic ash, destroyed the vegetation. There was nothing. It was barren. Mm. But when they went and visited back uh, about three decades later, do you know what they found? I guess things were growing again. There were trees, mm. shrubs. And decades later, you can go to Krakatoa, and I'm not going to go to Krakatoa, <laughs> but they st- actually they do run tourist operations there for all those ones who are going. But you can go to Krakatoa and you can see pictures of it and you go to the foreshore on part of the island and there's tropical rainforest there. Mm. And, and I thought, wow, isn't that amazing how quickly things grow back? You know, the seeds come along, the birds drop the seed, the seed and it was able to regrow. You go further up the hill... And then the bush starts to fade and then you end up with a few little shrubs at the top and then it starts to look like a barren land. A little bit like the top of Mount Wellington. There's not much that grows right up on the top of there. <laughs> no, no, it's fascinating that yeah, too, isn't it? it is. you know, well yeah. above the tree line, mm. yeah. So, so uh, Mark, we're going to go to a break soon. Do you want to um, read the scripture passage that we're going to do today? Yeah, look, look the... the the volcano eruption here of Krakatoa sort of leads into our passage that we're going to be looking at and, uh, and it looks at the seeds that are end up on, onto the ground. And Jesus spoke a parable in Mark chapter 4. So we'll read from verse 1 again. He began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, so they got into the boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea and on the land. Jason, would you like to carry on with verse 2? Sure. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I think we'll go to a break and we'll come back and we'll dig into this parable, try to understand what it means. Our first song is by Danny Byron, and it's called Jesus Calls Us. Jesus calls us over. 
and sorrows, days of toil, hours of ease. Still He calls us. Come on, Christian, love me more than these. Jesus calls us. By Your mercy, may we hear Your call. Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Mark Falconer on the topic of is Jesus really serious about growing the church and before the break we just read from Mark chapter 4 and verse 1 to 9 and it's the parable of the sower Um, just before we go on we're going to ask you a question uh, something to think about I guess um, you won't be hearing this live, so we won't be able to share your answer on, on, on the live program, but we'd still love to hear from you. Uh, text us in your answer to this question. What what do you think about this parable? Where do you fit in to this parable? There's four different uh, groups of people that uh, that we're talking about here, isn't it? Or four different places where this seed falls, and it, it refers to some people. We're going to get into that. We'd love to know where you think you fit. And uh, as we pack it, unpack this parable, uh, maybe you'll get some more understanding on that. So, so Mark, um, Jesus spoke in parables. Sometimes it was a little bit uh, confusing initially, but fortunately in this scripture, he actually gives us the, the meaning to a lot of this as well. Which is really terrific. The, the disciples, they had real difficulty in understanding this mm. parable and they didn't know why Jesus spoke in parables. You know, there were seed that would fell on hard ground. What was the other seed that fell on? We, we had the path, which I guess is hard ground. Then we had rocky ground. So rocky I guess ground. that's sort of uh, rocks intermingled with very shallow soil, perhaps. And then we've got two more, which was the uh, the thorns and then the good soil. All right. So the disciples puzzled over this parable. And as you asked at that start here, where do we fit in? And that's a really important question for us to sort of wrestle with because we need to have personal application on this yeah. um, because we are very much a part of, of God's church here. But let's have a, a wee read here of um, the interpretation that Jesus gave. So, mm. Jason, would you like to just read Jesus' interpretation from verse 14 for us, please? 
It says the sower sows the word. So obviously the seed that he's talking about is the word, and that's God's word. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And these are the ones uh, along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. So that's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll go on and we'll keep, uh, we'll keep understanding, we'll keep reading and we'll unpack it all a bit more. Uh, and then we've got, and these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things either enter in and choke the word and prove and proves it unfruitful. Sorry, and it proves unfruitful. Uh, but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold. And a hundredfold. So, four different types of people here. All right. So, let's have a look at the first one, shall we? The thorns. Uh, sorry, not the thorns, the uh, path. Yeah. So, so let's just go back to what that verse is. So, the soul sows the word, as you rightly pointed out. God's the word. word. God's yep. word, yes. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown, and when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word. I wonder how that happens. Now, that, that's fairly clear in of itself, but I wonder how that actually happens in real life. I'm sort of uh, sensing here that um, obviously, you know, the, the, the seed is sown, so the word is spoken. People hear it, but, but perhaps they, they reject it. They, they reject it. They don't it. want to hear it. <laughs> I wonder why. Wow. Many, many don't want to hear. Uh, I guess it challenges us. It challenges a response from us, doesn't it? Mm. And, and there are subtle ways in which people resist and reject. You get at one extreme that people may advocate, I never want to be a Christian, I don't want to hear, to the more subtle of, mm, maybe not today. A friend once uh, shared with me, um, somebody who, who had been to church, um, I'm not sure if they grew up attending church and uh, no longer regularly attend church. And she said to me, I don't really like going to church because every time I go, when the preacher gets up to preach, I feel like he's preaching to me and it makes me feel guilty. <laughs> well, there you go. And, and isn't that a subtle way of resisting because... She feels guilty. What happens then? The barriers go up and we say, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Reject it. Yeah, and a lot of people just don't want to accept being a Christian because that means I have to then be accountable to God mm. and his word. Mm. So. And we've got uh, the next group of people, which were those uh, that fell on the rocky ground. So there's a bit of soil there, but not much. Now, Very shallow. What happens to the roots? They've got nothing really to dig down deep into. All right, but that it also sprouts up real. But it does sprout up. Yeah. Mm. So when you look at the flower or the, the plant, it looks, looks like it's growing. 
Yeah, and you think, oh, wow, this is really good. So I wonder what sort of Christian this looks like. Mm. So the seed goes onto the rocky ground, the roots grow down, and it springs up what? The plant grows and springs up. Well, it says here they they uh, they receive it with joy. So I guess that so it looks like a healthy looking plant. And 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 that's right. You make a good point that, that yes, it is received with joy, and it's genuine. Hmm. But there is a but. Hmm. They have no root within In themselves, themselves. Hmm. and they only endure for a while. So, what sort of Christian would that look like? I guess it's somebody who likes the the good stuff about the message, yeah, but uh, doesn't really dig into all of it. And therefore, you know, when trouble comes along, when some challenges arise in life, and you know, I think this is a, a perception sometimes that people have. I think I mentioned before we went to air um, that uh, you know sometimes people um, they like to hear all the the nice stuff, yep. you know. We're going to be saved and, you know, put your trust in Jesus and it's all going to be good. But the reality is that life isn't really like that, is it? It's we're, not. We're going, we're going to face some troubles. Unfortunately, I've met a number of people who come to me and say, yes, I want to give my life to God. Yes, oh, the message is fantastic. Love to hear the message of the gospel, salvation, and they get really enthusiastic. But what happens is the emotion goes out of it. So the roots are real shallow, they spring up, the commitment's good there, but it's only temporary. So would you say that perhaps this um, would be a Christian who is perhaps driven more by emotions rather than, you know, digging into the fully un- the full understanding of of the word? That's exactly right. And that's when we need to reflect at this moment is jesus really serious about growing his church of course he is yeah of course he is yeah but his church is made up of people Mm -hmm. people like you and i now we need to reflect on what seed has jesus sown in our hearts and what has been our response have we sort of received it with joy which is great but are our roots growing down deep so that when difficult times happen that we can survive? Do you know that a lot of Christians have left the church during COVID and are not coming back? Mm. I find that odd. Mm. I would have thought it, it'd it's, been the other way. It's sad, isn't it? Um, it's true. Um, you know, we, we, we're aware of that. And uh, I read some statistics um from the US, I think that uh, something like, you know, it's quite a substantial number. You know, thirty percent of of people have not returned to church after COVID, and uh, that's a pretty sad statistic. I would have expected it to be the other way around because the Bible talks about pestilences in the last days, mm. and you know, I had a phone call from someone to say that, hey, with COVID, yes, Jesus is coming back soon. I'm coming to church next week. Guess what happened? Didn't come. Didn't come. <laughs> I had a, I had several phone calls like that, and they never showed up. Mm. And and yet, for people to stay away, you, you know, we we are living in times when we can't afford to um, be careless with the way in which we respond mm. to God's word. And I guess uh, <clears throat> in this instance, you know, we're we're talking about 
shallow roots. We're talking about being scorched. I think it says somewhere there about, um, oh, no, that's the next one, is it, the thorns? Yep. Somewhere it talks about being scorched. Anyway, um, I think that's the uh, this group here. Fell on rocky ground, didn't have much uh, soil, and it sprang up, had no depths of soil, and when the sun rose it was scorched, and since it had no root it withered away. So what's the sun in that instance? Here, here when, the pl- when the seed that grew up quickly... The scorching, we can liken it to the challenges of um, the Christian in which they face in everyday life. We are to turn toward the sun in the sense the sun gives us light. But because the roots weren't deep, when they turned to the sun and they turned to God, there was that resistance and they lost that joy uh, when difficult times happened the sun became burnt. Mm. Um, the, the plant became burnt mm. uh, as a result, and it withered and it died. And it's a little bit like the illustration of um, the sun can melt wax or it can harden clay. Mm. True. Very true. We're going to go to another break. That question we asked you with this parable, where do you think you fit into this story we'd love to hear from you text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one right now we're going to have a listen to kaylee reed with come unto christ
Tessie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Mark Falconer on the topic of is Jesus really serious about growing the church? This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Now we looked at two of the uh, two of the um, groups I guess of of where the seed fell which represented different categories of people and the two that we haven't yet looked at, or the first two that we did look at, was the path and the rocky ground. And now we're going to look at the thorns and the good soil. All right. So the first two we looked at, God sows the seed, or throw, the seed is thrown out. The first one was rejected. So in the first one, we would call that the hard heart. Hmm. Second one, seed fell out, grew up real quick. Things became difficult, withered. We would call that a shallow heart. Mm. Third one, that one's fascinating, that one. Really fascinating because it really pertains to the situation very much in the Western world. Mm, for and, sure. And this one makes it very clear, too, in this interpretation that Jesus actually gives. It, it certainly does. Jason, would you like to read that one for us? Yeah. Now, this is verse 18 of, of uh, Mark chapter 4. It says, And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. Mm, sounds like a crowded heart, doesn't it? Mm. That seems to be the life of uh, many of us in the Western world where 
we have so many distractions, so many things that, uh, you know, we live in a quite a materialistic uh, environment. People want their stuff <laughs> and uh, so many distractions. That's right. And, and those distractions help to just cut those threads and ties to God. You know, in, in our world, we are so involved in the secular world or immersed in the secular world that we have such internalized secular maps of reality that crowd out God because we, we live in a consumeristic world where by we are not happy unless we are buying stuff. Mm. You know, we're so materially rich in our world and uh, so and and because of that we so often keep God at a distance and we hold, while we go about our, our daily life. Now I mentioned earlier we are highly individualized, aren't we? Mm, in our society. You yeah. mean very individualistic, yeah. Com- compare that to say the nineteenth century. What did the world look like then in terms of individualism? I didn't live in that time, so I don't know for sure. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> you'll have to tell, you'll have to educate me because you're uh, more of a historian. Frankly, I'm glad I didn't. I I love our conveniences that we have today, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it was very community oriented. Everything revolved around the village mm. and the community. Mm. But for us today. Yeah, we say family is important, but it's more about what the family can do for me. This is about me, me and my world, what I can grab out of the world. Mm. And this is what I mean by the internalised secular maps of reality. And these sort of things colour how we respond to Christianity. Now, we need to think about this, Mm. Uh, think about how we respond to God's word, you know, do we just tag it on? Now, let me give you an illustration. Let's say that you, Jason, are a busy person. You can cram in your day around about 20 things. Okay. So when you get up in the morning, what do you do? You get dressed, you clean your teeth, you put your glasses on, you have a shower, you go to the gym, Practice your music. I wish I did all of those things. <laughs> oh, Jason. I haven't been going to the gym lately, Mark. Oh, let us pretend, shall we? <laughs> you fit man, you. Um, so you go to the gym, you do your cycling, you go to work, you come home, you practice the piano, you watch a bit of TV, watch Days of Our Lives. Um, fascinating stuff, isn't it? So we cram our lives with a whole lot of things, don't we? We do. Yeah. When we cram in 20 things into our life, within that, within that 20, we need something else, don't we? What? We're meant to uh, spend time in the Word and uh, have a relationship with God. Exactly right. And, and this, this uh, verse puts it so eloquently, I think, where it says that these other things enter in and choke the Word. It's like... There's no room left. We, we, we're being, every, you know, God is being squeezed out. Exactly what happens. Mm. And, and when you have 19 things plus we tag on Christianity, mm. it's a very crowded life, isn't it? Mm. And, and so what happens then, 
if you were to have 21 things to do in your life, but you can't do 21 things because your life is already full. You can only do 20, so you have to drop one thing off. Do you know what most people drop off? Mm. It's the uh, spending time in the Word, going to church. <laughs> and that's the Doing first those thing. Statistically speaking, that mm. is the first thing that drops off. And that fits perfectly into our text today of a crowded heart. Mm. And uh, so when, when, the, when it's sown amongst the thorns, it all of a sudden crowds out and the word is choked. So that number three, or that, that third one of the thorns, is uh, very much a challenge to us, to me. It's, it's a challenge for all of us in our secular world, in our busy lives, that somehow we need to have good soil, mm. don't we? Yeah. And that's where we're going to go next. Have a look at the good soil. And we'll wrap it up then in that last section. Um, we've, we've still got two minutes left, so let, let's start the good soil and then we'll wrap it up. All right. So, <laughs> so if we go back to our illustration of you had 20 things in your life and then you had an additional one, spirituality is the first thing that drops off, doesn't it? Mm, that's what we were saying. Yeah. So what's, what's got to change here? We've got to make that the, the first priority. I mean, Jesus said it in Matthew 6, didn't he? He said, seek me first. He did, didn't he? <laughs> And that is the key, that seek me first. Seek first the kingdom mm. of God. And, you know, in, in that illustration of, of Matthew, um, he, he was talking about all manner of things that was happening in their lives. You know, we worry about the clothes. We worry, well, back then they worried about what they will wear and what they um, would eat. Would eat. Mm. We don't have to worry about that because we just go down to the supermarket. We don't have to worry about clothes. We just go down to Kmart. And Jesus says, don't worry about all that. Seek first the kingdom of God. It's just when, when COVID hits, we've got to worry whether the supermarket's got enough toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is just crazy, isn't it? How people panic they, they, at times. They you know? it's, um, and, and I guess even at times we've had uh, certain items out of stock, other items you know, in the supermarket as well. But, but God says, seek him first. And, and 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 there's a good lesson. It's, it's it's almost strange that people would worry about stuff like that, but this is where we got to bring God to the center mm. of our everyday living, so we don't have to worry about things like that. Mm. Well, sometimes, uh, certainly during COVID, um, people may have got discouraged, and uh, we've got a book offer today which might help. And uh, it's an important book as well that uh, really helps us to know what God's got planned for us. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet uh, by Chris Holland. Uh, Here's what it says about this book. Is Jesus really coming soon? It's an age-old question, but seldom has the need for an accurate answer been more keenly felt than today. Everywhere we turn, it seems the world is falling apart. War, political unrest, an economy teetering on the edge of disaster. We live on a helpless planet filled with people desperate for hope. But there is good news. Jesus has given us this wonderful assurance and promise, let not your heart be troubled. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. 
So in this book, Hope for a Helpless Planet, you will discover how he will come again and how to be ready to meet him. I think this is uh, quite relevant to our topic today, Mark. This is the personal aspect of being ready. And of course, part of that process is going to be growing the church as well. Absolutely. But we can't grow the church unless we are... Um, we ourselves have a good relationship with God. And we must grow. So Jesus is serious about growing his church, absolutely. Let's go to a break. We'll give you the code to claim this book right after the break. This is Daryl Sawyer with A Christian. Could I be called a Christian if everybody knew my secret thoughts and feelings and everything I do Could they see the likeness of Christ in me each day? Could they hear His gentle voice in every word I say? Did I be called a Christian? Everyone would know The places that I go to Would Jesus tell them so Could they hear His echo In every song I sing In my life is Jesus being seen In everything I want to be a Christian to live for Christ each day but wanting isn't quite enough when trouble comes my way two roads are before me but only one will do Jesus walked the narrow road I will walk it too could I be called a Christian If judged by what I read By all my recreations And every thought and deed Could I be counted Christ-like As I now work and play Selfless and forgiving To others every To live for Christ each day But wanting isn't quite enough When trouble comes my way Two roads are before me But only one will do Jesus walks the narrow road I will walk it too Walk the narrow road. I will walk it too. You're 
listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And today we're finishing up our program with Mark Falconer on the topic of Is Jesus Really Serious About Growing the Church? Now we've been looking at the parable of the sower and the four different uh, types of soil that the seed was sown on and how that represents, I guess, different uh, ways that people accept God and accept the message and accept the word. Um, we just started talking about the last group of people um, or and the last type of soil, which was the good soil. And uh, we, we started talking about how that um, is where we really want to be, isn't it, Mark? It is. And one of the challenges we have, of course, we always think that we have a healthy and good soil in our heart. And this is why it's important for us to think about whether we have a hard heart. Well, if you have a hard heart, you're probably not, you know, you wouldn't be listening. So I think all of our listeners wouldn't have a hard heart. But for us as Christians today, we need to think about, do I have a shallow heart? Mm. Do I have a crowded heart? A crowded heart. Are, are things of the world crowding out our relationship with God? And most of us would think, well, of course I wouldn't have a shallow heart. I'm a, I'm a deeply committed Christian, I am. And so we pat ourselves on the back. Oh, of course, you know, I don't have a crowded heart. You know, I believe in God. But we always like to pat ourselves on the back and we think we're probably better than what we really are. So for most Christians today, it was prophesied in Revelation chapter 3 that they would be in the Laodicean condition of lukewarm. Lukewarm, yeah, so neither hot nor cold. Yeah, mediocre. Mm. And, and you know what? We we in the Western world pursue our life, our lifestyle, our wealth, building up all our wealth and everything in the belief that we can have both. Mm. But in reality, we have a crowded heart. Mm. So... In order to have healthy soil in our heart, we're going to have to learn to say no to some things, aren't we? We are. We're going to have to uh, get rid of some of those distractions. Well, you know, you know, we, we also have to realise that the Western secular values deform our hearts. Mm. They deform our hearts in profoundly destructive ways. We need to understand that. We need to reflect on that. It can be a very subtle process too, you know, like over time it's a bit like the frog in the uh, in the water, in the boiling pot, you know, gradually getting water. I think that's how it can be in, in our society, that things start to change around us and unless we are grounded in the word, we can all of a sudden start to realise, well, hang on, my values are changing slowly with society, but they're now a long way away from what God has, has uh, taught us. And, and the f- frog in the pot and the boiling water or the warm water that gradually gets so hot is an excellent illustration because it's sl- the world slowly changes our secular values, influence us. We are immersed in it. Mm. But we can't afford to be so immersed in it that it destroys our Christian experience. And we have to be aware of those forces, the things that we watch, we what we listen to, what we do, and how they may affect change in our lives. And we need to be aware of what we watch on TV, mm. what films we watch, what games we play. 
I've got a couple of questions I'm going to ask you in a moment, but um, I just remembered I forgot to give the book offer. <laughs> the code. So I better do that, otherwise we'll have listeners being very disappointed that they can't get their free book offer today. It's called Hope for a Helpless Planet. Text in ENCOUNTER15. That's ENCOUNTER, E-N-C-O-U-N-T-E-R-1-5. No spaces. Text that in to 0488-880-891 and you can claim your free book offer, Hope for a Helpless Planet. Now, Mark, a couple of questions in relation to this um, this good soil, I guess. Uh, some people might say, I can be a good Christian, but I don't have to go to church. What would you say to that? That's a very common thing for people to say. Uh, the, the, the church is irrelevant. I, I believe in God, and that's all I need to worry about. Well, that's what... That's not what it was in the New Testament. Mm. You know, the church was very important in the New Testament. Uh, and in fact, it was God's agency in order to share the word, mm. the seed, to sow the seed. Yes, it is God who ultimately sows the seed, but it's God, it is the church that is God's agency that he chooses. Now, there's a really good passage in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 24 and 25, let's read it. It says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It's pretty clear, that one, isn't it? We've got to get together and encourage one another to keep doing, um, to love people, to do good works, to build each other's knowledge and faith and trust and love. And and as well as to extend God's mission. And to extend the mission. Mm. Now, if we don't, what happens? I think we tend to uh, be a bit like the f- frog in the pot. <laughs> we, we tend to drift away. We do. Slowly but surely we get further and further away from God. I think it's very hard for me personally I can't imagine me being a successful solo Christian. I think I need a group of people to meet with, to share with, to study with, to bond with and connect with uh, in order to help in my Christian walk as well. So is Jesus serious about growing the church? Absolutely. Yes, he is. Is he serious about growing the people in the church? Absolutely. And he's serious yeah. about growing you, Jason. Yeah. And, and so to do that... The agency of the church is important. You know, the the act of getting up out of bed, going to church, sharing, encouraging one another, fellowshipping, and also extending the mission helps to cultivate that good soil. So there's a couple of other points uh, about this good soil. Now, good soil um, is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's without weeds. Yep. Uh, it's watered regularly. And uh, it's cultivated, you know, before the the soil, the the seeds are planted. So, how does that relate in practice in the minute that we've got left? Yeah, we almost run out of time. This has been an exciting study, but there's some basics we have to do in our daily life. We have to get up and turn our heads toward God each and every morning. Seek first the kingdom of God, as you Mm. said earlier, Mm. and we seek that through prayer. We seek that through His Word. 
we bring that to the centre of our lives so that it is not tagged on. Mm. And so when we have prayer, we pour out our heart to God, all the good things and all the bad things. Oh, people say to me, I don't know what to say. Tell God what's on your heart. Praise God for what he's done. Praise him for providing salvation mm. for the uh, for the death and the resurrection that is coming back again. You know, sometimes if uh, I, I, I'm not a person who naturally praises people, I'm not very good with affirmation, and, and this falls into my prayer life as well. But sometimes uh, I find a psalm of praise is a really good place to start to read in my you know, personal devotionals and, and prayer time. Yeah. It really helps me focus on God. And it takes the focus away from us, doesn't mm. it? When we praise God, it takes the focus away from me to praise him. So let us, as we reflect, do we have a hard heart, shallow heart, crowded heart, or healthy soil? Mm. And we each and every day we need to cultivate that healthy soil. And are we doing the things that we need to to cultivate that good soil? And to get rid of those thorns. Mm, That's right. Now, uh, Mark, next time you're with us, it may not be next week, but next time you're with us, uh, you're going to be talking about a different topic, but it's still on the Is Jesus Really Serious About? Can you tell us what uh, we're going to be sharing next week or next time? Is Jesus really serious about the struggles we face? Is Jesus serious about being with us through those struggles in life? And we're going to look at a character in Genesis. Fascinating story. Awesome. So I'll look forward to that. And tomorrow we've got Peter Watts, and he'll be starting his series on Daniel and the God of Wisdom, studying Daniel chapter 1. Now, do remember our free book offer today, Encounter 15, Encounter 15, Hope for a Helpless Planet. And uh, text that into 0488 As we go out, this is Noema Moore with More Like You. May we be more like Christ each day. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope you can join us again tomorrow. Jesus. Master, Lord, Redeemer, my Prince of Peace, take me, mold me, use me, and create in me a clean new heart. Lord, hear my cries, I pray, help me to walk in your ways, all my I've longed for you Help me in everything I do To be more like you You came to save me You died and rose again Amazing grace It's hard to be like you The more I try, the more I fail and am ashamed. Lord, hear my cries, I pray. Help me to walk in your ways. All my life I've longed for you. Help me in everything I do. Lord, hear my cries, I pray.